0: my name's nicole i'm brenna i'm reed and this is fit click
1: This is a podcast. And on this podcast, we talk about fan fiction. In most episodes, the three of us will each bring a fic to talk about. And that is what we are doing here. This is a themed episode. And Nick, you're up first. What's the fic you brought?
0: Yeah, baby. My fic for this episode is Bad Coffee and Lemon Bars by AO3 user A Billion Stars. This is a fic for the hit TV show anime Haikyuu, which I've seen a little bit of (laughs) and our pairing is iwaizumi slash oikawa oh should i say what the trope is it's a coffee shop au coffee horns all right
2: my fic for this episode is strange bedfellows by an orphan account and ravenclaws quill uh this is a harry potter fic of course it is dreary because i'm me and that's what we do over here um this fic is about uh Grappling with addiction recovery, um, insomnia, and bed sharing, as well as many other things. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into the tropiness of it. read what about you?
1: My fic is obliged to defend every love, every ending by Ao3 user Shine a Light on Me. For the Raven Cycle, it is Pinch, which is Ronan Adam. Um, it is alternate universe non-supernatural kid fic exes um, those are my tropes because the themed episode this time around is romance tropes
2: tropes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Romance true <tropes>. romance <laughs> tropes yeah, yeah it's not like mafia <laughs> au wasn't one we were gonna br- i guess that is kind of a romance well, trope at this point okay. but it could have been maybe next time could have been maybe could've next been. time Ficklets,
0: we are a week late on this episode, or a week early if you thought we would skip it all together, depending on your perspective, actually, it's quite beautiful that we're posting this. (laughs) Um, But we are recording this episode literally on Valentine's Day. Uh, So when you're listening, Valentine's Day may be a distant memory in your mind. However, we are here celebrating the power of love by recording our fanfiction podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the best way to celebrate, to be honest. Yes.
1: Yeah, when we were brainstorming um, intros, I sort of tasked my co-host I was like, oh, you know, it'd be fun because we're recording on Valentine's Day is we mm-hmm. should go out into the world before recording and try to like, I don't know, engineer a, a me cute or like some sort of like romance trope thing. I think uh, all three of us ended up maybe having <laughs> some difficulties in it, but um Okay, Nick, you're rolling your eyes. So why don't you tell me what you have done to celebrate the spirit of romance and romance tropes today?
0: I was never going to succeed at this. I had (laughs) two health-related appointments today, the latter of which was a dentist appointment that I just got back from. Like, I'm not meeting cute with anybody today. You could meet cute with, like, a dental hygienist. Not at all. She came in and she's like, How are you? And instead of being like, I'm good, beautiful, I was like, I'm nervous. <laughs> That's good. That's, that starts your relationship with honesty. Not really. She laughed at me and went, Why? Oh, no. <laughs> No, she was really nice. I think she was trying to lighten the mood. Um, I was like, well, you know, dentists, everything is fine. Ficklets, I actually have the best teeth this side of the Mississippi is what the dentist (laughs) told me today. She'd never seen better ones. So that was actually exciting. Um, So maybe really for me, uh, today was a tale of self love and uh, appreciating what i have and then after recording when i go to the grocery store god i have such an exciting valentine's day um, uh, someone will see me and be like oh my gosh great teeth <laughs> would you like to be in love and i'm like sure i'll keep you updated next episode i'll let you know um, maybe you if can I like, did end up succeeding
1: can you like reach for an item at the same time as someone so you brush hands so then they mm-hmm. look at you and then they notice your good teeth and they go great teeth we should be in love
0: can you imagine me scouting people out to, like, reach for the same item? <laughs> like, oh, you're cute. Maybe I also need this, like, brown rice. I'll
2: think about it. I'm sure there is a dentist romance out there is all I'm saying. Oh, like, absolutely. Well, yeah, There's course. gotta be. Yeah. I so, can like, think of not...
0: two books off the top of my head.
2: Right. So I'm just saying it's not, like, the most improbable thing in the world. Yeah, well, think, let's see. I actually had a really nice day planned for myself and then I did none of it. <laughs> <laughs> which is on me well it's on me and it's on the weather yesterday was like a beautiful day so i was like surely tomorrow meaning today will also be a beautiful day um and i will take myself over to the coast and i'll go to a little coffee shop and then i'll go walk along the coastline and look in tide pools and i was like huzzah this will be wonderful um then i did wake up late because uh, i just love sleep and being in bed um Mm -hmm. And then it was like suddenly so windy and cold here today, um, like so much colder and windier than yesterday. And if you know things about the geography of the place that I live, um, it's usually just even windier and colder at the coast. So I was like, I'm, I'm not going to drive the time to go over there, actually. Um, and then I was also stressed about getting back to record Ficklick in time. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna have a nice coffee shop moment, because that's classic. That's a perfect opportunity. And then like, I mean, strolling along the beach, that's a classic romance, like item. Um, We were also joking last night, like, uh one of the very first fics we did here on Fick Click was a selkie fic. Um and so I always think about that now and it's it's definitely like a time for seals um around the coast and seal babies. Um my friend was sending me pictures the other day and I was like, Wow, I wanna be a seal baby. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not I'm a human. <laughs> I, I wanna be a cowboy baby vine voice, but it's
1: I
0: wanna yeah. be a seal baby. I
2: wanna be a seal <laughs> <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah, baby, but I' I just actually yeah, want to be a baby seal because <laughs> I think it'd be really <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I didn't. I'm sorry. I I really let people down. I did go like on a walk. It was very cold and windy. I didn't see a single other human being on my walk. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I thought I saw a heron. It was a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of people walking
0: out and about here today, even though it was raining and very windy. I was like, "What are you all doing?"
2: <laughs> yeah. So I like really didn't. I really didn't follow through. I'm sorry. I will. I will try better like this weekend i think i'm gonna mm. try and do some fun stuff i'm the going day's to not with over. a friend on friday i know but it's pretty much over for me like this will take mm. us till like seven and then i'm gonna eat dinner mm. and then i'm gonna get in bed and watch a K drama. so mm. you know it's, we're basically done <laughs> maybe a ghost from your past will reach out <laughs> sorry like, the Brenna. faces
0: that bretta and i both made in
2: concern <laughs> i don't want uh. that Moving on,
0: well, Reed, How about Reed, you? How tell did you us do? you had a legitimate meet cute today. We we need uh, someone to <laughs> yeah. So to win. okay.
1: So here's the thing. Um, much like Brenna, I had grand plans that kind of got foiled. So as Nick and Brenna are aware, because I took them on the saga, um, I was supposed to get a tattoo today, and then en route to the appointment. Um, I stopped to get cash for the tattoo and I saw a message from my tattoo artist and she was like, Hey, um, having a really bad allergic reaction to something. My face is very swollen. Can we, um, reschedule? And I was like, yes, of course. Uh, here's the thing. I had thought about this and I was like, I do not in any way want to engineer some sort of meet cute. Like I am going to someone for goods and services. Like this is a business Uh transaction and I'm not trying to be like weird and like hit on my tattoo artist, but. But as we all know, any good tattoo shop fic also has a flower shop across the street. So I Mm -hmm. was like, I wonder if I can make something happen here. And I I did look on Google Maps and in the same little (laughs) plaza that the tattoo shop is in, there is a flower shop. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Incredible matchmaking
1: yeah exactly so i was like maybe i can try to like ma- i don't know like maybe if she does a really good job like i can go like get flowers delivered from like the flower shop like to her you know what i mean <laughs> i was like maybe i can engineer something here
0: but yeah yeah, you're like send your cutest
1: florist yeah exactly um but again as mentioned um i didn't actually get to go get a tattoo today um but i will say that um After the failed appointment, when I then turned around in the bank parking lot and started heading home, um, I did go to the grocery store to go shopping for a friend of mine who is sick. Um, And in addition to getting healing stuff like medicine and like crackers and Gatorade, um, I did get like chocolate covered strawberries and some flowers because it is Valentine's Day. Um, And I did give those to her. So... Maybe the real Valentine's Day was the platonic love for the homies we had all along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably right, honestly, Reed. Yeah, and the fan fiction we read along the way. And the fan yeah. fiction we
1: read along the way, yeah. So I, I had some of the Valentine's Day spirit. Like, I bought stuff. It was very funny to see the amount of people, like, scramble buying flowers from this grocery store and, like, their <laughs> carts full of, like, all of the stereotypical Valentine's Day stuff.
2: Yeah, I was at TJ's yesterday, Trader Joe's, and um I usually pick up some flowers there just cuz I really like having flowers in my house and I find like a $4 bouquet to be a very reasonable purchase to enhance my mm-hmm. happiness overall. Um but it was like comedic to me how much of the flower section were just roses which they almost never have there but like (laughs) two-thirds of it were like roses with like little bits of baby breath in there and like every color of the rainbow and then everything else was pretty much just like giant bouquets and i was like i just wanted like some sunflowers (laughs) yeah
1: yeah there were um some like really intense bouquets ranging from like 40 to 80 dollars um To my friend, if you're listening to this, sorry, I did did go for
2: more of the $6 (laughs) little sort of like pink (laughs) lily-ish looking thing. Um, I think that's really understandable. $80 $80 for a friend bouquet is like, that's not what you do on Valentine's Day. I also had the thought, I was like, I literally don't, like, I don't remember ever
1: seeing flowers in her apartment. And I was like, is her cat going to, like, knock these over or try to eat them? (laughs) I don't know. It's it's about the gesture more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So I failed to go to a coffee shop and have a meet-cute with a cute barista, but that's exactly what happens in Nick's fic coming up next.
0: My fic for this episode, as I said earlier, is Bad Coffee and Lemon Bars by AO3 user Billion Stars. This is a Haikyuu fic. Haikyuu is a volleyball anime. Where are all my jocks? Exactly. We love sports. <laughs> um, <laughs> no sports in this fic though <laughs> no well the ghost of past sports the ghost of past mm, sports for sure that's yes. so true yeah um, our pairing for this fic is iwaizumi slash oikawa which also is called <laughs> <Iwa-Oi-ya>. <laughs> iwaoi iwaoi <laughs> iwaoi thank you you're so welcome I there are so many vowels <laughs> I did my best. Um, Iwaizumi's first name is Hajime. That is, wow, we know him in this fic. Uh, We're in his POV. He is a barista at this hot new coffee shop. And would you believe it, the other employees and owners and also a notable customer are all characters in the anime (gasps) Haikyu. What? Um, Yeah. au baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Conceptually, it actually is like very funny if it was just like hajime in this coffee shop and like oikawa is a customer and then every single other character was an oc even though like from has-
0: a different fandom yeah <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. crossover uh, you know um it's good i have seen three i think episodes of haikyuu at most uh during 2020 when Reed, who I was living with at the time, was watching them with Brenna. <laughs> I just happened to be there occasionally. I recall very little. I don't know much at all. I found this fit because I wanted to bring a coffee shop AU. you. I think that they're underrepresented on our podcast, and I think they have a bad rap in fandom these days from some people. So I'm excited to defend them to the death. Um, yes, I think that's the bulk of what I had to say. It's not a super long fic. Uh, we're ringing in just over 6K. Uh, we are rated teen. And no content warnings apply. I learned recently that I guess it's fanon that Oikawa has like a chronic knee injury. <laughs> so we do get a reference to that. I thought it was real. It's like the opposite of when you read a bunch of fics and you're like, oh my god, is this real? <laughs> you're getting lied to. Um, but I did recognize that from other fics that we've done. So Yes. I have more to say about both the trope and the story itself, which is by and large quite humorous and lighthearted. But first, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought and if they have any experiences either falling in love in coffee shops or reading coffee shop AUs in fandom.
2: Yeah, I had fun with this. Um, I have watched about a season of Haikyuu, I think, with Reed. Um it was fun. I feel like I never quite got my my footing in it to like really be invested in the characters. Um so I read this both like knowing who the characters were to a certain extent. I did have to Google a Hajime volleyball because I forgot what fucking IQ was called. <laughs> Janine Volleyball. Um you could like, look yeah. at the fandom <laughs> on Amazon. No, I was busy being like halfway through the fake. <laughs> I didn't want to scroll up. Um, it did help me though. It gave me a picture, and that—that's what I needed. I couldn't remember off the top of my head which which one of the lads he was. But then, but then I got my bearings, um, and was good through the rest of it. Um, I realize it's been quite a long time since I read a coffee shop AU. I read a lot of them early in my fandom days. I feel like particularly for Merlin fandom, I remember reading a few very, very good ones. Um, Would they hold up now? I don't know. But I loved them then. I was really emotionally attached to them. And I was also in my phase of, like, I love AUs. Like, I was a strong AU over canon girly in the beginning. Not anymore. Canon all the way, baby. That's (laughs) how I am. (laughs) Uh Well, because you don't have canons
0: like Merlin anymore that you're dealing with, perhaps.
2: Perhaps. Yeah, I read a lot more RPF these days, too, which I love canon fic for in general. Um, But yeah, this kind of brought me back. It was like fun to reminisce. Um, I have never had an experience of falling in love at a coffee shop. I've never even like become a regular at a coffee shop. I also don't drink coffee, which makes it harder to have a meet cute in a coffee shop. I mean, I do drink tea and I do like going to coffee shops. I feel like for me be more likely at like a boba shop maybe that's like more Ooh. my drink of choice usually mm-hmm. um but yeah i i i've never i've never fallen in love i also don't really make small talk with like customer service people um if, if they want to start cool but i i don't know i feel like i'm i'm being a burden to them if i want to chit chat um that's how that's my own personal issue <laughs> 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 Um, I did in college have a very good friend who was uh, in love with a barista at our, well, you know, I say in love, like had a major crush on a barista um, at our local coffee shop. So I sort of witnessed that whole thing and was like, ah, oh, fan fiction, but I wasn't actually involved <laughs> in it anyway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, in terms of, like, the baristas, I don't think I've fallen in love. I did befriend one of my baristas, um, which has been so clutch because he absolutely does not charge me full price any single time I buy a drink when he is behind register. Shout out to oh, yeah. my homie. Um, I guess I won't name drop you on this podcast, but... um, <laughs> um, Yeah, hello. It's me, your resident Haikyuu fan. Um, I have not watched Haikyuu in quite a while. I'm not entirely caught up on it. That's okay. Um... It brought me so much joy when I was like really deep into it in 2020. Um, And I very much did become like an iwaoi truther. I've brought a couple fics for them to the pod. Um, So it was kind of funny when Nick is like, here's the fic I'm bringing. And I was like, oh, hello. Hello, you're in my corner now. Um, Nice Mm -hmm. to see you here. I will say, okay, I just have to say in defense, my co-hosts don't like fully agree with me, but whatever. Um, I did literally bring a coffee shop fic like somewhat recently. It was technically like a coffee shop and also like thieves slash heist AU, but like they own and run a coffee shop. Like it's not just like a minor thing. Like there are multiple scenes where they're like making coffee, doing the bakery things in a coffee shop. And I fully understand, like, is it the most tropey version of a coffee shop AU? No, but I... I think it counts in terms of having read a coffee it shop. It
0: was a heist AU with a coffee shop in it. But they, but it's like the coffee shop is
1: so central anyway.
0: As a setting.
1: And as a plot device. They literally use it to launder money. Anyway, okay, yes. moving on. This was a critical role <laughs> fic. Um, I think Shut Up and Take My Money
0: by Attila. Shut Up and Take My Money. Yeah. yeah. Um, A
1: couple episodes ago, somewhat recent.
0: Similar to
1: Brenna, I think I read... A fair amount of coffee shop AUs, like I can specifically think of in Marvel fandoming, a fair amount of coffee shop AUs, and then just sort of like transitioned out of them. And then like, I think I went from like in- enjoying them a lot to just like looking for other stuff to like somewhat becoming a hater. As Nick said, they did they do kind of have a bad rep in fandom. Um, but I-, I have looped back around to like being on board for Nick's um, desire to sort of like have a coffee shop AU renaissance. Um I really yeah I'm excited to see what the influence of our like worldwide hit podcast will do in terms of like just absolutely ramping up the numbers of Coffee Shop AU fix in Yeah, the we tags. just
0: hit a download milestone. We did. That's true. And it was huge. Ficklets, we have 500,000 downloads. <laughs> <laughs> um if I just if they don't
2: know if I just say that. That's true. That's true. That's true. We can just lie. Yeah.
0: Nick loves
1: to lie all the time, on our podcast and in just life and on the internet. Only sometimes.
0: Well. Only for personal gain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's my thought. And this is kind of uh, against what Reed said earlier. A coffee shop AU like, it is one of those tropes that has plot beats. I think you can kind of separate out certain tropes as tropes that just like are kind of subtropes perhaps that exist either specific to a fandom or even more specific like underneath other tropes or just as like elements of things that are happening like I would say clothes sharing is probably a trope that is more like an accessory than a full outfit versus like fake dating is one that has a lot of plot beats that are going to be very familiar and you can invert some of that you can mess with it you can play around but typically you know what you're getting into. I think with a coffee shop AU, there are certain plot beats that you're kind of expecting, or at least elements that you would be expecting, and I think this fic definitely did those things. Like I said, I looked up coffee shop AU, I excluded a few fandoms I knew I didn't really want to bring, also just the ones that were like way popular and I was like I need to like sift through and escape from this. Uh, I didn't want to bring a steric coffee shop AU, (laughs) sorry to the steric ficlets out there. I couldn't I can't I might bring a Steric fic someday I have one in my back pocket to bring eventually that was wrecked by a ficlet but I can't just go in there raw (laughs) I I did my time Uh, so this was one of the ones that came up Um, it is fairly popular I would say within the fandom people people were fans of it it's in a bunch of collections Um, one of them is just I'm a read later so I don't know if that person ever read it Uh, But the general premise in this one is that Hajime is a new barista and Oikawa. I'm using the names as they're used in the fic, but just FYI that Oikawa is his last name and Hajime is his first name. A little confusing. We do our best with it. Um, This is how the fic refers to them. So Hajime is a new barista and Oikawa is the notorious regular who comes in with the most ridiculous outlandish drink orders imaginable. Uh, And Hajime is like, are you kidding me? Oikawa is like scaring off. Hinata the small barista who's like what are you ordering I'm terrified and like runs back and gets Hajime. It's just fun. Uh, There is some some flirting happening. Hajime is very uh, attracted immediately as you see in a lot of fiction of your favorite dudes when one of them is like wow he's so hot and I must have him which happens in life sometimes too uh, and then gets kind of fixated and then you have your you have your little moment of drama. Like I said it's 6,000 words long. Um, I wouldn't call this a plot heavy story um but I think it hits a lot of those beats of a coffee shop you get the little elements of like they're not quite a found family I think you might need more <laughs> words for that <laughs> but friendly co-workers yeah no those are pretty different things now that I'm saying that out loud um <laughs> Maybe a bad comparison. They're friendly co-workers. They have a good time. It gives you that ensemble feeling that I think you want from a show with a big cast like this. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Reed. Maybe you want to read only about these two with no one else. Um, I'm not. I, I only iwa oi recreationally <laughs> on occasion. Um, But yeah, I don't know. A big reason I wanted to bring this was to uh, further my agenda and share my feelings about how sometimes it's nice if something is just kind of cute and funny. I know I'm saying this, the person who did major character death for my birthday trope episode, our first year of the podcast. However, (laughs) in my old age now and new wisdom that I've learned since growing older, I believe sometimes you also can have a good time. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I mean, for as much as I want a fic to, like, fundamentally change me on a molecular level and make me rattle (laughs) Uh the bars of my cage for 6,000 years, sometimes the point of fanfiction is just to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like, you know, getting into fanfiction was because I wanted to read things like this. I feel like on a certain level, like, I I have read my fair share of, like, cutesy au's and that is why i now want things that do like make me scream and shriek and run into the wilderness um but like i had to consume a lot of cutesy fun fic before i even started to get tired of it um like it's it's a classic it's why it's why we do this you know (laughs) um and i also think like to what nick was saying i think when i get to my fic it's much more like kind of tropes that are on top of a plot they are not not like the structure for the plot itself, but it's also been making me think, and this is sort of tangential to this fic, but um it's actually very tangential to this fic, but (laughs) it's about it's about romance tropes. So you know, it's it's on brand for the episode, I guess. Um It's been making me think about how like a gripe I have with book publishing right now is how publishing is just like, here's a book and here are the six tropes in this book. And I'm like, okay. And and like I get it more for fan fiction. Like fan fiction that works for me because I already know the characters. Like I know what we're doing. I know what's up. So like yeah, I am just scrolling through looking for the fun little tropes I want to read with those people. I don't need the author to be doing a lot of work to get me invested usually because I'm already there for a reason. Sometimes I'm scrolling for for fic click and I don't know the characters and I do need to get a little bit invested. But like if i'm on my 600th dreary fic like i'm good you know right. you don't need to get me invested i'm, I'm here already <laughs> i'm loving it <laughs> um i'm just here for the tropes but i feel like i feel like publishing trying to mimic basically ao3's tagging system as a marketing strategy is like failing authors because like i'm not just picking it up for the tropes like it is good to know i'm picking up a fake dating book I don't really care if there's bed sharing. I mean, I do because I love it. But like, that's that's just a bonus. <laughs> it's not like a marketing like item for me. Um, I don't know. So like, I feel like there's just this thing where people kind of sometimes, especially as more and more authors have gotten their start in fan fiction and then are moving over to tri- traditional or self-publishing, like... I feel like there's more and more crossover of like, oh, what works well in fan fiction, like what gets popular there, how are we going to bring that into like romance publishing? And there's a reason things don't work the same. Like fan fiction is inherently a different medium than a published book, self or traditionally published. Like they're just different things. And sometimes people write really long fan fictions that can kind of just have their serial numbers filed off and like published. You also shouldn't be treating the publishing world like it's AO3. Like, people go in to browse differently. And I've heard a lot of people lately be like, I picked up this book and I was really excited because it had these tropes, but then, like, kind of all it had were these tropes. And I feel like that's because publishing is also pushing authors to just, like, make sure you have tropes. And it's like, but we actually want something else as well. Anyway, what I also wanted here was... Um, to witness in person oikawa's wacky coffee orders i was like what would some of these things taste like i think they must be horrendous <laughs> um, which also i do feel like is is a is a good part of like when you have a coffee shop thing it has to, there has to be something more than just like oh he's cute like there has to be some little reason why you get noticed and i do really appreciate it when it's like your orders are either like <laughs> You, you know it's just like you're there every day ordering heinous. the same thing but like it's better when it's heinous I think that's always yeah. good and this one delivered um so anyway that was my that was my rant about tropes in publishing sorry to take over your fiction <laughs> no, session, I, mean, Nick. I, I
0: agree with you also <laughs> publishing is like assuming that I read tags on AO3 I don't <laughs> yeah so if that's all you're giving me we're in some trouble folks
1: <laughs> yeah um, I do love that Oikawa's thing is like really heinous drinks because um anyone who is even maybe passingly familiar with the show will know that um his like really horrendous fashion is canon and something the fans love to make fun of. Hold on, wait, let me show you both. His really bad see. fashion.
0: Wait, that's that makes me like him so much. It's more. like
1: it's like oh you want it to be camp, but it's not. It's just bad. Hold on. Oikawa bad bad outfit literally it's i call a bad me <knee> and i call a bad outfit is the second um oh is this
0: gonna show up it's this oh, oh nice hell yeah wow amazing a dandy lad what what a boy <laughs> his jaunty shorts <laughs> it's,
1: it's so and it's like that's official art um it's really rough anyway i think he is both the type of person who would order something heinous for the sake of like getting a rise out of like what he sees as like the cute barista and also just like he just has bad taste that's canon um i wanted to backtrack a little bit nick to you talking about like the ensemble cast and you're like oh maybe you just want evil no (laughs) i okay i i put in my notes that i am impressed by how many ships this author managed to fit into 6k it is astounding they were like
0: it's valentine's day baby i had to deliver (laughs) it's
1: valentine's day and like yes this fic is but also like are you a fan of, I mean, no other couples get really the same amount of spotlight, but like, do you like Daichi Sugawara? Do you like Kuro Kenma? Bokuto Akashi? Um, Yachi Kyoko, Hinata Kageyama? We've got all. I don't all, know what I, I like.
2: I could, uh-huh.
1: What? I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love all of these ships so much. You did used to like Hinata Kageyama, Um and they're in this. Yeah,
2: I... I feel like I was really eye emoji about them in the show. Like, could we have mm-hmm. great future fic? And then I never went looking to see if the fic that I wanted for them exists. Yeah. Um, but they had they had real potential for me. I was like, ooh. Uh-huh. I just like, honestly, I'm just too old to be reading fic about high schoolers at this point. Um, like, it just makes me uncomfy. I'm, I'm 10 or more years older than them, depending on how old they are. <laughs> um, but that's that, like i can't i can't read about them having having romance um but i could read about them being older and having romance
1: <laughs> i do know in the future hinata and kageyama both go pro but for different teams um as i mentioned in the beginning like i am an iwaoi stan i like them quite a lot mostly because like oikawa is my favorite boy um he tracks he fits my sort of He's not quite a blurbo but he's he's blurbo shaped enough. He fits the uh the general categories I usually hit. Um I will say something about this fic. And this is like not this is not about this fic in particular. It is a thing I think present in a lot of fan fiction and as brenda was just saying in a lot of published romance as well. Um I think when you're like going in especially for like a short and sweet fic that is so trope focused and the trope here is like falling in love with the barista/customer, slash you get a lot of things implied but like not necessarily shown and by this i mostly mean that like oizumi is very taken in by by oikawa and develops pretty strong feelings and they don't actually talk all that much on page there's like one conversation that they have one night sort of like when he was closing um hajime when he's closing uh about like why oikawa doesn't play volleyball anymore and like that probably is about as serious as the fic gets but for a lot of it it's sort of like implied conversation or like implied time passing that they have like spent getting to know each other but you don't really see that and when you're here just for like the cute fluffy like getting together that makes sense but sometimes it just leaves me like but why why do they like each other like oikawa is just there well not is just there but he like spends so much time just pestering the shit out of oizumi yeah. and it's like cute. it's cute but like where I wanted or like usually what I want is like a little more than just like two or three like interactions. I'm like where but like where is the actual developing of feelings? Like where is the not even always the falling in love just like getting to know each other? Um, We don't have a whole lot of that on screen. We have a lot of the tropes of like mistakenly thinking that Oikawa is like taken and like not interested in Iwa. So there's a little bit of pining there, stuff like that. Um, And again, I think if you're looking for a short and sweet fic, like you're not really going to get really in depth with the sort of process of falling in love um but it is always something that i'm like we don't actually see them talk that much i don't actually really know why iwa likes with that very much in this fic apart from just knowing that like he is cute and captured iwa's attention
2: but they are yeah. cute and like i getting back to nick's point from early on about sort of how a lot of coffee shop AUs have certain plot points. One that I enjoyed in this is the fact that, like, a lot of coffee shop AUs, I think, sort of do this thing where, and maybe this is actually to Reed's point as well, where, like, there's still a little bit of a stranger who you've made up a version of in your head. <laughs> Um, and the point of this in this fic is where Hajime becomes convinced that Oikawa has a girlfriend. And it's like, no one actually ever said that he just like showed up somewhere with this girl once. And Hajime was like, Oh, no, my life is ruined. I'm super depressed. Um, How dare I even ever think I might have a chance. And then later on, it's like, of course, that wasn't his girlfriend. That was just no. his friend.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that is so funny to me, too, because, like, Oikawa shows up to, like, a party that the coffee shop is hosting. I think because Yachi and Kyoko just get together, maybe is what that party is, um, if I'm remembering right. But, like, Oikawa shows up with this girl. And, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, Iwa, we're so sorry. Like, is like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Iwa doesn't talk to Oikawa much of the party. And that makes sense because he's, know, like, pining. But, like, I was like, did nobody... Nobody else at the party, like, even made one passing reference to, like, your girlfriend so that o- Oikawa could be like, no. They just they all sides immediately they all cut assumed, him out of their yeah, lives. It was very
0: funny to me. Yeah. I mean, speaking of just, like, humor in this fic in general, I do want to read just a little moment to give you a sense of kind of the vibe, the prose here, and, like, the premise. Um, okay, here we go. This is a scene at the coffee shop. What did he order now? Hajime asks Yachi, who winces. You're not gonna like it, she says. Hajime braces himself. Hit me, he says, with the air of a man going to war. Quad grande, non-fat, extra hot caramel macchiato upside down. Yachi takes a step back and bites at her nails. Hajime takes a second to breathe before he roars, Upside down? (laughs) At Oikawa, who smiles benevolently back at him. (laughs) Beautiful. Iconic. I also don't drink coffee. I have no idea if any of these drinks are even, like, Makeable? I don't know what, what upside they, down what
1: means. Like, I am maybe someone either. who drinks coffee foam on fairly the frequently.
0: Oh, but foam, the foam the first, no. and then everything. Foam
1: first. Honestly, maybe, maybe it's like foam and then <laughs> and then like the
2: espresso yeah. shots, etc. <laughs> the espresso shots just at the very top. <laughs> Horrible to drink.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds gross. I guess that's the point. That's the point yeah. of the fic, really. how like, and his bad taste. I guess it crosses over into coffee as well. I do think coffee shop AUs are one of those AUs that, at least in my corners of fandom, people think of as almost like, I don't know, old-fashioned, cliche, trite, overdone... Um, uh, this idea of like, oh, that is the classic fic that is boring and nobody cares about it anymore. This is not true for everybody. I recently read A Coffee Shop A.U. by a friend and I loved it in my current fandom. So shout out. That was great. But I think they're just uncommon and people find them to be less exciting maybe than other things. And it makes me think a lot about this idea of like culture and counterculture and counter countercounterculture and how these evolutions of cultural moments have sped up so much in the age of the internet <laughs> that it's like something is popular one day and just the worst ever three days later and if you are not on that train at exactly the right moment then you are terrible maybe you're even like a morally bad person depending on what the thing is and why people don't like it it's just really interesting to me um coffee shop AU's were something that I read so much of when I was in glee fandom um a long time ago <laughs> and I don't know, I'm I'm feeling like I need to get back to the form of some of those older school AUs, I guess, that for me at least defined fandom when I was a teenager, and feel like they define fandom much less now that I am older. So I hope that you can uh, revisit a trope that maybe you used to love and don't love as much anymore, and I don't know, roll it around a little bit, examine it. Could you return to this first love? Maybe that is what Valentine's Day is all about. In
1: Nick's fic, um, it's not explicitly stated, but I do think um, Iwaizumi, even after getting together with Oikawa, probably gives up hope of ever making sure that Oikawa has good taste in beverage. Um, But in Brenna's fic, Draco actually dedicates quite a lot of time to improving Harry's taste in wine. Brenna?
2: So my fic for this episode is Strange Bedfellows by Orphan Account and Ravenclaw's Quill. Um, This is a Harry Potter dreary fic. Draco and Harry is the pairing. As you well know, if you uh, have listened to fic click before, that's really the only thing we bring for Harry Potter. Um, I would like to make a short programming note at this point that I think beyond this, this is probably the last Harry Potter fic I will be bringing for a while, perhaps ever, but I don't want to say ever because that's a hard thing to follow up on. But for the foreseeable future, we will not be discussing future Harry Potter fics. Um, I have stated before in an episode a while ago, I honestly don't remember which one, I'm so sorry, that, you know, I view sort of fan works as separate from the writings of jk rowling herself and i still very much maintain that and will continue to probably consume harry potter fan works on my own but um honestly and like no disrespect to these authors or any other authors of harry potter fan works um i am i'm am fucking sick of jk rowling and her bullshit like it's just beyond at this point and seeing everything about the most recent video game has really pushed me over the edge um i picked this fic before that sort of like we knew what was in the game and it came out and stuff um in the last couple weeks but um yeah i i'm just done kind of having any conversation regarding her universe uh or the characters that she has created so while i still hold a ton of respect for fanworks and think that they can be very um i think they can be important tools in sort of reclaiming narratives for yourself um this is the last one we're going to talk about for a while with that being said uh this fic is one in which harry and draco sort of encounter each other again as adults due to harry's propensity for noticing when he thinks draco is up to weird shit um a canonical fact about his character um he then learns that draco is struggling with an addiction to a fictional uh like sleeping medicine um and has been since he was a teenager and harry sort of gets involved in his recovery process um and then they end up sort of staying together and falling in love, etc. etc. I picked this for the tropes, well, I picked this for the trope bed sharing. I do think that this falls under hurt comfort as well, so I think we'll probably talk about both of those tropes. Um and sort of, you know, I think they do function very differently than the coffee shop AU trope we just talked about, so I think that'll be interesting. Um in terms of content warnings for this fic, uh, addiction is the predominant one. Um again, he is addicted to a fictional thing. But it also does stand in just for a narrative about addiction in general. For other content warnings, um, there's general references to sort of canonical trauma and references to parental death. So I think that's pretty much what we've got going on over here. It is not a super heavy fic, and I think we will talk a little bit about how it handles the addiction part of its story. Um, but it does have all of those things going on. Um, yeah, as we know, I am I am the dreariest here. Um, I hadn't read this fic. In a long time, I just found it in my bookmarks, and I was like, hey, look at what tag this fic has. Bad sharing. <laughs> um, I read romantic. a <laughs> Romantic. Romance. Give <laughs> um, <laughs> it a quick skim and said, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I am a huge sucker for bad sharing. It is absolutely one of my favorite tropes in terms of tropes that are sort of just like cherries on top or like a flavor of the ice cream instead of like the ice cream base itself, if that makes any sense. Um So I definitely wanted to bring something with it. And I think the Hurt Comfort is a nice add-on as well. That's a trope that can be very hit or miss for me, but I do really enjoy it when it's done well. Um, So in terms of tropes, I had a good time with this fic. Um, Yeah, friends, thoughts, feelings. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think Bren said very well um, pretty much all of our feelings about, like, Harry Potter and J.K.R. at present. Um, So I will say, like, when I first opened the fic, I was, like, uh and then my toxic trait is that very quickly I was like oh but it's kind of fun to read about drury still though <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um
1: it was kind of funny because when we were talking about like um finding tropes to bring for this episode I had been thinking bed sharing and then I hadn't like said anything and Bren was like I think I'm going to bring bed sharing Um so I do like things that just sort of like reinforce when Bren and I really are aligned in taste I also felt like this fic was um Fairly true to like the characterizations that I would think of for Harry and Draco, especially however many years out from graduation be I don't actually exactly know how old they are in this fic. I think it's stated somewhere. But like presumably, I don't know, early 30s, late twenties, somewhere
2: in there. It's been it's been a hot sec.
1: It's it's been a sec. And I think maybe for other characters you would think well, surely even if as a teenager they had a slight obsession with um, tracking down this one guy anytime he was shifty, maybe they would not have that same obsession a decade later. But for Harry, I think it makes sense. He gets like a whiff of like something is up with Draco. And I was like, yeah, no, like it does fully track that we're just sort of back to, um, what is it, like sixth year Harry kind of having this like, I must figure out what's going on. And the people in his life being like, can you just be normal? Um, He
2: can't can you fucking stop and he's like yeah for sure and then just like gets worse drastically very quickly
1: (laughs) yeah yeah there were things about this fic that i really enjoyed like i did enjoy sort of the bed sharing and like the the slow build towards domesticity um like that they start obviously at each other's throats and then like you get Draco coming in through the flue being like, I have brought like a lovely and like fruity South African wine for you to try today, Harry. I think you'll really enjoy it. Like that <laughs> progression, delightful, hilarious. Um, I think I will have some more to say about the sort of side characters in this fic as much as they appear, which is not very much, Um, especially the women, especially Hermione. I've got some thoughts around that. But yeah, overall, uh, I think very excited to talk about like the, the tropey aspects of this fic and like... I don't know, how they show up, I think, in general in fanfiction.
0: Yeah, what's up, Ficklets? It's me, Nick. (laughs) 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 In case you were missing me. Um, I was just here, but now I'm back. In terms of the fandom, I think I have significantly less Harry Potter nostalgia than like most people I know. This is just a fact about me. I didn't really grow up reading them. I think I saw the movies, but I'm not even sure. And they were out of order. It just isn't a fandom. I never really read fic for it. The first one I read was for the pod. Like it's just not a fandom that I ever have felt very close to. So I feel very happy letting it go for a while. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, It's always nonsense, right? Like I feel like if you're listening to this, you probably are on board with us (laughs) to some degree, especially speaking as, like, a non-binary person who is sitting here like, yeah, you know, we're tired, um, and the world is sometimes bad and hard, and sometimes specific people are the fucking worst, and that is what it is. So just know if you're listening to this that we are with you, (laughs) um, on all of that, for sure. Uh, in terms of this fic... You're going to hear me say a lot more about this in our next discussion, actually, but I'm always a really big fan of stories that put characters in positions to reevaluate their relationship to one another and to like learn who the other is in adulthood while they themselves have also changed. I think this ship tends to have a lot of that to my understanding, especially when it's kind of like set within the canon in the future. Uh, an epilogue, what epilogue, if you will, moment. Um, so I, I do really like the characterization work that can be done in the sense of, who are you, who am I, who are we to each other, and how do we like deal with that, especially if we have to keep interacting with one another. Um, I like that our ensemble, like Reed said, we don't get a ton of the side characters, but I like that they're all still kind of in proximity to one another. At least a lot of them are. either working together, or living nearby, visiting one another, talking to each other. Um, I felt this actually a lot with Teen Wolf fandom. <laughs> We're bringing it back where a lot of the future fic did so much more work to keep the characters in each other's lives than the show ever really bothered to like in the show sometimes it would feel very like i don't know the mechanics would be kind of weird to keep them near each other or you know people just characters get killed off characters get sent to europe i was gonna the say time.
1: characters getting sent to europe is one of the fu- like
0: yeah uh, i just... spent my summer in france god damn it my found family is still yeah. in the mess. <laughs> <laughs> So I do appreciate fic writers that put in that work and make it plausible and make it believable. I mean, I guess that kind of works with my fic as well, right? Where like all of these characters are in the coffee shop working together. I just think it's fun. Um, I will say I'm someone who is very sensitive to narratives around mental health and mental illness. We know this. I'm also quite sensitive to power dynamics. So there were some things in this fic that I just struggled with a little bit, and that's just me as a person. I'll have a little more to say on that later. Um, But I definitely think... We historically, as FitClick, struggle with our themes at times. (laughs) However, this definitely had bed-sharing. I want to... We're putting a medal around Brenna's neck. Thank you. (laughs) That is a trope, baby. (laughs) It is. It's here. (laughs) It's here and it's romance.
1: (laughs) Like, it is incredible sometimes how you would... Like, okay. Yes, sometimes we have themes that are a little difficult and we're like, oh, I struggle with this. Sometimes... Our themes seem, like, really easy to fulfill, and it's kind of astounding how we still are like, ah, ah.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I have to redeem myself someday with enemies to (laughs) (laughs) lovers. I have to. I feel like some of our picks are like when if you were asked to bring a salad for like a potluck and you show up with like macaroni salad and it's like <laughs> yeah it has the word salad but it's like not what we all like were imagining you'd bring yeah
1: uh huh uh huh um, this time I do so, think all three of us did a really good job though
2: we like brought real real salads and like yeah they had yeah. salad going on and they weren't like filled I with mayonnaise um <laughs> they like had lettuce and shit amen people <laughs> yeah, yeah, were like amazing. wow I just love having all of this lettuce <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i don't know it really got away from mine anyway. was mixed greens
2: <laughs> okay i would not okay.
0: bring a salad with lettuce as my green
2: okay Sorry. i would
0: <laughs> to any of the lettuce lovers out there i wouldn't
2: okay i like lettuce yeah so in terms of tropes i do want to talk about why i like bed sharing so much for a moment <laughs> um Bed sharing is funny to me because it's something that in real life I can't really imagine experiencing in a romantic way. Um, Every time that I've shared a bed with a friend, like, I am just there platonically sharing a bed with a friend. And also, like if our bodies touch at all in the middle of the night i am so acutely aware of it and i am moving away (laughs) not because i don't like them it's just like it's startling to me and it's like i genuinely cannot imagine like waking up accidentally cuddled with someone unless maybe we were like freezing cold i haven't had that experience personally but just in a regular bed in a regularly temperatured room like no i'm staying on my side Very
1: recently, we the three of us went on a trip, and Brenna and I shared a bed, and what it looked like was laying facing away from each other, both of us reading fan fiction, and at one point, one of us going, oh, do you mind if I turn out the light? And the other one going, or like, do you mind if I keep watching something with my headphones in? And the other one going, yeah, that's fine. And it was a very cold room, and I was cold, and we did not wake up cuddling. So, Yeah. <laughs>
2: So true. You know what we did end up with? We ended up with rashes on the opposite <laughs> side of our faces. Because I think we were both allergic to the laundry detergent that was used, which really shows you how much we just stayed on our individual. Yeah. Sides. That is brutal.
0: Ficklets, I had my own room on this trip and I had no rash. So I would just yeah, like to well, your, <laughs> your, let your skin you know. is stronger
2: than ours. That's apparently. why we don't bed share. <laughs> don't bed share for clear skin. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, all that being said, I do think that there's something that's so enjoyable to me about bed sharing. And I think I mean, part of it is like the forced proximity. I do like that as a trope as well, which like is also kind of in this fic like, um, but I think it's more about like the unexpected vulnerability. Like oftentimes it works the best for me with characters who like have kind of walls up between each other who like, doesn't work as well for me when it's like friends to lovers who people who are already like really comfortable with each other it like works really well with for me when it's people who like are not there and then like whoever like wakes up first and sees the other person sleeping and is like oh wow like there's that classic like they look so young and they look so happy or whatever because this person is like tormented with grief and pain and trauma um And it's, like, this moment of, like, unexpected vulnerability. Like, I'm such a sucker for that. And also, like, the domesticity I'm such a sucker for, especially when it's characters who, like, you haven't previously known in a domestic situation. All that being said, obviously, Drari is a good contender for me in this. Um, I do also just, like, beyond actual bed sharing like i am someone who enjoys seeing how characters or people like interact in kind of domestic situations (laughs) like we were watching um 17 in the soup recently and i was like who are roommates who's gonna be roommates <laughs> like i loved seeing these like interactions between people they help me get such a good sense of like how characters or like people interact with each other um and so i think like these scenes in fan fiction work really well for me in terms of like building relationship um and having also like a moment for the relationship nature to change um the like waking up but cuddling oh someone's like in the mood i'm not gonna say i'm against it but like that's not I don't think that's, like, why I keep coming back to it as much as, like, the unexpected vulnerability, which is, like, really, I think, at the heart of what is compelling for me. Um, Yeah, so I really like that about bud sharing. I really like that about hurt comfort. I think that this has a lot of both of those going on. Um, As Nick alluded to, like, there are definitely some power dynamics here that, like verge towards imbalanced for sure i mean like draco's obviously dealing with addiction and harry is like doling out this medication that the nurses like don't want draco to have like unfettered access to um which is like an an understandable and reasonable like way to treat addiction like you don't just hand the person like you know a two-month supply of a thing and say good luck buddy (laughs) um but you know it is it is kind of the the fic writer was definitely pulling a like oh and who 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 is around for to hand out this medication oh maybe harry potter like why is he here we don't know oh draco has to go visit him every single night for his dose and they have dinner together with wine <laughs> yeah it's very much like oh this is fan fiction like this is not trying to be a real like life harm reduction scenario it's fan fictionized for sure um i do like though that this like draco does has still have agency here like it isn't one of the fics where it's just like and draco's locked in here and he'll be super vulnerable against his will forever which like there are those fics and they can be kind of uncomfy um so i don't know i think it had a good balance of like working up to the vulnerability and domesticity for me and there were also points of the domesticity like reed mentioned with the wine that was like very funny um So I think in terms of the tropes, this is one fic that, like, did work very well for me overall, and that's why I like those tropes.
1: I think in part it works, or it has that balance, like you were saying, Bren, because, like, yes, Harry is the one who has, like, the medication, but he puts it on, like, the mantle next to the flu entrance, and if Draco wanted, he could pop in, take it, and leave. Like, it's not actually that he has to stay, like, in Grimald Place, like, with Harry. It's that slow, like... They start spending more time together. They start, like, making dinners together. And then they're talking and they're doing work at the, like, living room table together. Again, the slow building intimacy and sort of Draco choosing to want to just, like, not be alone in his, like, little apartment flat um, because they've sold Malfoy Manor. um, I think that that helped. And I think, like you said, it gave him some agency that if he did not have would maybe feel worse.
0: Yeah, I do want to really quickly touch on the kind of like addiction storyline in this story um, in part because I'm like so of two minds about it to one degree, I always really appreciate stories that focus around like recovery. I think that's really underrepresented in fan fiction. You get a lot of like vent fics about mental illness, which makes sense, right? People are using it as an outlet um, and very few that go through like the actual process of what recovery looks like and how that can impact relationships and things like that. It was interesting to me that really what we got from this story was Draco gradually getting better. Better, when I feel like mini mini fics are about characters gradually getting worse, and especially like hurt comfort fics, you get quite a lot of that, and then some turning point, and then like love saves them. Wow, beautiful. Um, which is not to downplay the impact that relationships can have on people who are struggling, but you know, sometimes someone confessing their love to you doesn't actually fix your brain. What? Yeah. What? It's, well, in fic it does. <laughs> in fic it like seriously does. Um, <laughs> So that part of it, I did really like, and I appreciated it as a narrative choice. Um, I think something that's always going to be tricky is when you're using like, addiction recovery as a plot device that is serving a romantic arc. Um, by necessity, you are going to need to gloss over a lot of the harder parts and you are going to need to make it fairly linear unless you like are really putting in the work to write a longer story or to have it more focused on this particular aspect. We're not in Draco's POV for any of this story. We're in Harry's. Um, So I think that also contributes to how easy Draco's recovery looks. Um, But I think, yeah, it's, it's something that I think about as someone who has worked with folks dealing with substance dependence and who like, is just a little bit more familiar with that world, I think, than a lot of average readers or writers might be. This is the curse of <laughs> having specific knowledge about things. It's the same, like one of you ficlets out there probably were like, "Ooh, a coffee shop AU," but you were a former barista, and you're like, "None of this is correct." I don't How know. How the did they put that down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just blissfully having a good time, and you're like, "This would never happen." <laughs> I think all of us have those kinds of. Um, particular areas of knowledge that are impacting our ability to enjoy stuff. So I guess that was the thing that I wanted to note. like if you're looking for a story that is very like specifically and lovingly focused on recovery in a way that is going to feel familiar or relatable, I don't know that this is necessarily that particular story
2: yeah i mean i think that's very reasonable it's also a story that like starts off with the recovery and like addiction at the mm-hmm. forefront and then sort of pushes it towards the background as it goes on and it's like good good for a fictional draco i guess he's doing great um this fic definitely does some hand waving and you know that's okay it's fan fiction um if i was if it was a published book i might be a little bit more annoyed at some editorial yeah. <laughs> uh, choices but it's fan fiction like <laughs> i'm here for the bed sharing come on um <laughs> I do want to say there were points in this fic that I found very funny. Like, I always appreciate a little
0: humor moment. I don't know how funny this was supposed to be, but it brought me joy when Harry is thinking about how... So, like, Draco throughout this, he has a subplot with work that he's trying to, like, uncover some corruption. We don't get a ton of really details about that because harry doesn't really care about the details which i did find funny in itself um he's just here to be in love and try good wine um but hermione is very interested on account of her liking knowledge and information and uncovering plots so draco gives this speech and hermione's like wow like did you know he knew that much about it amazing and harry's internal narration goes basically he's like i hope they don't actually like become good friends and talk to each other a lot because, quote, Hermione and Draco were the nerdiest people he'd ever met, end quote. That was just really cracking me up. Like, that felt in character. That felt very, like, Harry being like, oh, God, am I going to have to listen to them having these conversations over my head for the rest of my life? Um, I just found that very amusing.
1: Yeah, similar-ish. I mentioned, I think, in the intro, like, the bit where, like, Draco comes through a flu and he's like, here's the wine I've brought. So they... Like, Harry and Draco um, set up an arrangement, basically, where Harry is teaching Draco how to cook, which is mostly, like, Harry cooking dinner for them, and Draco brings nice wine. Um, And at the point that this happens in the fic, they are quite amicable with each other. So, like, Draco comes through the flue, and, like, literally the fic reads, what's for dinner? You are going to love tonight's wine. It's a really fruity South African. And then... Draco fell silent abruptly as he entered the kitchen and caught sight of Hermione because Hermione has unexpected popped into Grimmauld Place to check on Harry because she's like, hey, um, you kind of like stopped showing up for dinners with me and Ron. Ron says you're like acting really weird at work. You're like tired all the time. Like, I'm concerned about you. And Harry's like, I'm so good, Hermione. I'm actually so fine. And you should probably leave. And then Draco shows up.
2: I am not playing house with Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <Kids>. Definitely not. <laughs> Never. Why would you ever suspect that of me, a person who's been obsessed with Draco Malfoy forever? (laughs) And who you warned me to not be so obsessed with at the beginning
0: of this very fic.
1: (laughs) And then Draco and Harry launch into um, a very ineffective attempt at like, like, Harry's like, um, I'm only feeding Draco because he's here so late and I hate him. And Draco's like, I'm only bringing wine because I would hate Harry's company without it. Just like the absolute bumbling nonsense <laughs> I mean of it this
0: wine to get through a dinner with my mortal energy <laughs> that i for some reason have shown up to
1: <laughs> right after he like announces it with like this lovely like aromatic etc and hermione <laughs> obviously does not buy this for one second um and this was like very funny but um it does also like the the flip side of it does touch on something i had mentioned about like because when hermione comes in and she's like hey harry i'm concerned about you she, like, strikes up a pose, and Harry's, like, oh, my God, it's her lecturing pose, and, like, spaces out. And the handful of times we get her minding this fic, every single time, it's, like, she's going to lecture Harry, she's going to nag at Harry, and he's, like, oh, my God, I can't do this again, and, like, tunes out. And, like, yeah, sure, to some extent, that is canonical Harry. um Loves, like, not listening to his friends or, like, good advice ever. But I think, quite honestly, I didn't love how, like, I don't know, Ginny shows up, like, twice and it's for like a quippy line about the person that she thinks Harry's sleeping with like Hermione shows up and it's only ever to nag at Harry um we really don't get a lot of like side characters in this fic we get a couple people like mentioned here or there but most of this fic is just Harry and Draco in Grimald Place and so I think like to get a sprinkle of some of the characters we know every so often and to especially like have it be like Here's one instance of a woman, Ginny, showing up just to kind of joke at and further the romance. And here's another where Harry actively all the time is like, oh, Hermione sucks. I was like, this is a little bit tough to read. Um, and again, like, I do think it's somewhat reflective of canon. I think it just was like, if we were going to have side characters in the fic, I wish maybe they were present a little bit more instead of just these sort of like one or two lines. And like, again, I get it. As we have mentioned a bunch of times this episode, this is an episode about tropes and the fan fictions that really sort of like... We are here to further the agenda of the tropes and the romance. And that makes sense, like, when that is the type of fic you're writing. But I think sometimes that's just, like, not always my preference.
2: Yeah, I think that's super valid. I also think, like, I mean, it was published in 2016. I don't know exactly where that falls along with some of the other, like, Drury Fics that I'm thinking about right now. Because Drury Fic has been such a thing for so many years now. But I do feel like this ship, along with many other ships that are sort of just have many, many fan works in them like sometimes it feels like oh well this is a super popular way to go about kind of constructing a story so like this fic is also hitting those markers honestly not that dissimilar to what we were talking about with coffee shop au and like it has to have certain plot points i feel like when it's like a Jerry fic it's like okay well we should probably have hermione pop in and we should probably deal with something about like teddy lupin and like these are things that you see in many many of these fics so this is definitely not like trying to say oh read like don't be mad about that we're just like <laughs> i think when you read a lot for one ship like it becomes sort of a thing where it's like you start to notice these plot beats that happen a lot because fandom likes them and they've sort of become like expected in fanon of like how a certain story is gonna play out like certain things that they have to deal with um So, I don't know. I was thinking about that as well with this one. But this is, like, this is a very, very popular fic. So, it does also make me wonder, like, yeah, how – we always talk about, like, how much fic is fic of fics. Um, Are the other ones I'm thinking of, are they before? Are they later? I don't know. I don't know how this plays into, like, the uh, timeline of Drury and sort of what is fanon and what shows up a lot. I'm glad that we are saying goodbye for now to the Harry Potter universe uh, with a very tropey fic that I had a good time with. If you like these tropes, I would recommend it. If you like Dreary, I would also recommend it. (laughs) If you don't like some of the things Nick mentioned, like dealing with addiction, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, But you know, that's fine. Um, Yeah. So uh, goodbye, Dreary. You are important to me, but we're done with you for now. Alas, lads. Enjoy your lives together after this fic hopefully drinking good <laughs> wine maybe you'll go to australia or like new zealand um Ooh. but i won't know i don't know well wishes to this dreary bad wishes to jk rowling and Always. that's bad. That, i think boo tomato tomato tomato. <laughs> tomato, tomato, <laughs> tomato 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 absolutely
0: it's like magic when adam and ronan see each other again for the first time since they broke up read
1: Yeah, so my fic for this tropey episode is Obliged to Defend Every Love, Every Ending by Shine a Light on Me for The Raven Cycle, Ronan Adam. Um, We have done one other pinch fic on the pod, and it was by this author. I did not do that (laughs) intentionally. Um, Once Brenna had said that she was going for bed sharing. I don't know why of like, there are so many romance tropes that are way more about like romance. And my brain was like, you know what I'm going to look for? Breakup makeup. Because nothing says Valentine's Day <laughs> like breaking yeah. up? I i don't know. It's brutal. Um yeah, I, I really don't know why that was what I went for, but I was like, I want to see what's up. As it turns out, breakup makeup not nearly as popular of a tag as I thought it was. Um, I don't know if this is just like maybe my friends and by my friends, I think I mostly mean Nick and like associated circles, talk about breakup makeup, like maybe more so <laughs> than like general fandom. It's cause it's good. It is good. Or like I also think like maybe people are just like tagging it different ways. Like I don't know that I was like tagged searching in the most effective way, specifically for breakup makeup. So I was like, well, okay, if I look for X's, I will probably find similar to what I'm looking for. Um and I was just in the X's tag, kind of doing what Nick did, where I, you know, I filtered out some fandoms and some ships and stuff, but was just kind of like scrolling through and saw this one. And I was like, ooh, interesting. Uh, not only is it X's, but it's like kid fic as well, babysitting. So like that seems like tropey and good. Um, and like part of the way through, I was like, hold on a second, scrolled back up and was like, oh, hello, a 3 users shine a light on me. How <laughs> oh, nice to see you again. <laughs> um, they just write really banger pinch fic. Um, I had such a good time with this fic. So the premise, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, and maybe not at the beginning of this section, um, it is AU non-supernatural, so it's not like canonical to the books um they're just regular folks adam and ronan had met when they were teenagers they sort of had like a summer romance summer love um that ended um ronan especially was pretty mad about it um adam was pretty sad about it and then many 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 years later adam is working at a very boring job like maybe a financial advisor maybe a lawyer don't totally know, but he's working at a job with Declan and Declan suddenly is like, oh my God, my wife is going into labor and I need a babysitter and nobody else is answering. I know that we're not like actually really friends outside of work, but can you come watch my child? And Adam is like, sure. Uh, and then in the middle of doing so, Ronan shows up and is like, this is my niece. What the fuck are you doing in this house? Surprise, they're reunited. Yeah, it is It is mostly about the two of them um, babysitting Declan's kid and also not talking about and then sort of talking about their shared history and sort of working through some of that i really just i liked so much about this fic i liked the prose a lot um as with the other pinch fic by this author i think they are spot on with their characterizations like i liked the adam and Ronan of this and they felt very true to adam and Ronan, even though they weren't in necessarily the canonical setting um there are just some like really I think, smart choices made with how the story plays out and just like choices by the author that I really enjoyed that I will get into. But before I do, I will say that there are not really any content warnings for this. Um, And as ever, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought.
0: I maybe unsurprisingly loved this. I'm a huge fan of breakup makeup, which is very funny, because in real life, if a friend is ever like, I'm thinking about getting back with my ex, I'm like, no! Boo! (laughs) Hey, no.
2: Don't do that. Like, you already threw the whole man out. If a friend was like... (gasps) Oh, I was in love with this man in my 20s, and we got tragically separated by life circumstance, and I've met him again, and we have a chance to reconnect, I'd be like, oh my god, do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I would be <laughs> invested. If you threw invested. him out for a reason, I'd be like, no, you threw him out for a reason, yes. like, keep yes. him out.
0: Correct. Um, Yeah, in this case, this particular scenario is one of my favorite iterations of breakup makeup, specifically because that's kind of what happens. Like, it's a situational thing that breaks them up. Yeah, I mean, do you get the sense that if they'd stayed together, it would have been super healthy? Probably not. Um, But I just really, really liked the way that that worked out. Um, I also recently read Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which is also kind of like a second chance romance, if you will. So I've been in the mood, folks. (laughs) I've been feeling it um so yeah i i loved that about this fic i thought the kid was very cute very precocious um i think when done well kid fic is actually very good wow my controversial opinions um (laughs) i i said this during pre-discussion but i think reed picked a fic with two major tropes that are so easy to do like really badly breakup makeup is easy to do in a way that I don't feel convinced like why are you getting back together kid fic can be done in a way like I'm not going to go on another Hallmark movie rant because I think I did this last time we brought a fic by the same author yeah I think so (laughs) yeah so you go back and listen to that episode instead and hear me talk about Hallmark movie children and how mad they make me this kid was a kid um and I think that one reason I love an AU as well is because we get all of these really interesting little characterization moments based on how the author chose to orient them within the AU. So I thought this was super fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, It is definitely my kind of story. So I was glad that Reed brought it and I'm excited to say more very soon.
2: It was fun to come back to the Raven Cycle Boy's uh now because when we first did a pinch fic i had not read the series and now oh, i yeah. have read oh my the God. series ha 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 um, <laughs> i didn't realize so it was m- that long ago yeah i know so much more the first time i was like okay these are some boys and now i'm like these are some boys who i love <laughs> um- <laughs> <laughs> so i was very excited to revisit them i i feel like breakup makeup is a is a trope i just haven't thought about that much until becoming friends with nick and like i I'm much more like open to it now than i think i used to be i also like yeah as you said it nick i feel like second chance romance is how it's marketed like more broadly um
1: i also think this one feels more second chance romance than proper yeah, like yeah. breakup makeup
2: right right i feel yeah, like there yeah. has to be time it's still breakup between they've been broken up for like 10 years <laughs> Right. Like there has to be this like significant chunk of time to make it like a second chance romance. But second chance romance, I feel like I'm very into. It. And as uh, Nick also mentioned, I also read Seven Days in June, I think about a year ago at this point, and was very like, I, yeah, ship, shipped it hard in my like, I sat down and just read that book in one sitting, which I rarely do. But it was just yeah, like, I read so it one day on my phone. On um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think wreck rec for that book also from both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun with this. I also tend to like kid fic as long as the kid is like decently too well written. Um I do have to say one small gripe I had was that they did make this kid two. I don't think this child was two. I liked the child. Um I just aged her up in my head, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, I think she felt more like a like a six, maybe. five, five. I was gonna say like four. Yeah. Four. I don't but know. Definitely if not been two. Yeah. Um
2: yeah like well, I kept thinking about like, I think I've mentioned this before. my neighbors have a very small child who has become my benchmark for how small children mm. act. <laughs> um, and this character kind of reminded me of her a little bit, honestly. Um, so I, I was mentally putting her in there. Um, but here's the thing. I really like pinch. I have some beef with Maggie Steve Otter. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the fault of this author by any means like this fic author it's the fault of maggie steve otter um here's the thing i read all four of the books very quickly or like in in very quick succession last year and i had sort of absorbed through various fandom osmosis a little bit about them before going into them and one of the things i knew was that adam and ronan are a thing um and I also knew that this wasn't really a thing in like the first couple books. So I, I wasn't surprised that like I didn't really pick up on it then. But I remember getting like partway through book four and being like, and where and when is this happening? Um, and I just I have beef with how underdeveloped I thought that was. I loved their friendship. Like, don't get me wrong. I really liked both characters. And I was really like enjoying their dynamic. It just didn't feel romantic up to me up until like the point where they were like kissing and I was like, oh, I guess this is just how we're doing it. That's fine, but disappointing for me, a person who has been waiting for this for books now. Thank you. So I think when I go looking for Pinchfic, I like really go looking for ones that like flesh out their dynamic more. And like, particularly the romantic side. Like, I get why they like each other as people. But like, why do they like each other as more than friends? You know, um, this one gave me a little bit. But honestly, I feel like I personally as Bronna wanted more because that's what I'm always looking for. In fic for these two characters now, because I feel like it wasn't written into the book. And people might disagree with me, and that's fine, but that's how I felt. Um, and I'm not gonna change my mind about it. <laughs> I did really th- I felt like this Adam and Ronan were very good characterizations of them though, and like I really do I love all of the Raven boys and Blue, who is a Raven boy. Like, I, I love them all. Like they're all my little children now. That sounds weird. They're my little besties who are younger than me. <laughs> um and I'm exceedingly fond of them all. So it was very fun to read and Adam and Ronan who felt very like true to their characters. I think I just like wanted a little bit more of understanding the romance. This also like cuts off before they sort of like get back together. It's sort of an opening of a door to a potential future between these two. Um and there is a sequel that I need to go read. Um but yeah, those are my preliminary thoughts and also my I'm having a lot of gripes with like fi- authors of fiction <laughs> over here. My gripes yeah. are not the same between J.K. Rowling and Maggie Steve Otter. Um but I have great. Good thing
0: Brenna doesn't know who the main writer is on Haiku.
2: Otherwise, we'd have beef in all directions. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> I couldn't beef with anyone.
1: This is. We did say that like this is the year that we just sort of like we were asked to give spicier takes, and this is the year we sort of like just unleash that. So, um, Bren, I support yeah, you.
2: Yeah. My my take is that Pinch was horribly underdeveloped in the books as a romantic pairing. Okay, thank you.
1: So one of the things that I said that I really liked about this fic is that I thought it made really smart choices. Um and we sort of like sidelong reference this, but I'm going to explain exactly why they broke up or like what that looked like. So yeah, so you have Ronan showing up at the house um where Adam is babysitting and you get a flashback where um it's right before Adam is going to college. He's got like 2 months to kill in Virginia working a job, meets Ronan, um and He tells Ronan pretty much from the outset, like, I'm starting at Harvard in this fall. I'm moving to Boston in August. Like, this is only going to be a thing for the summer while we're both here. And Ronan's like, yeah, okay, fine with me. And there's a line in the fic about how, like, if Adam had known Ronan better, he would have known that that, like, that didn't mean anything. Like, that that was not an agreement or, like, that Ronan would not have actually been able to think through the consequences of this. Um, And also, Adam later realizes, like, that he, too, was convincing himself, like, this is fine. I am definitely fine with this two-month romance and... I am not sad about it. And like, bestie, you actually are sad about it. Um, But I liked that choice so much because I think rather than, yeah, breaking up because something went really sour in the relationship or because of some like horrible miscommunication or whatever, it was just, as Nick said, I think situational. It was circumstance. Like it was said from the outset, this is how this is going to go. And it did. It just kind of had more collateral damage than I think either of them realized it was going to. And I think that's why I was so willing to um, see them reconnect as adults Um, and I have not yet read the 27k sequel but I definitely will because I liked this fic so much and like yeah like I want to see them get all the way to that happy ending and not just sort of that open door but I think I would have enjoyed this fix so much less and this general trope of second chance so much less if it was something where, as we were saying, it's like, no, you broke up with him because it was garbage. Like, that wasn't it at all. They were kids who had like a whirlwind summer romance um, and then maybe perhaps did not deal with the parting as well as they could have. Um, But now they're adults and now they get to sort of like try again. And I liked that so much.
0: And I loved how it so much was explicitly not a miscommunication that pulled them apart in the end. Yep. Adam was so clear up front, in two months, I'm going to Harvard like an effing nerd. He didn't say it verbatim like that, but that was the <laughs> implication. And Ronan was like, yeah, fine. See you never. And then when Adam didn't decide to stay... He was like, wow, what the hell? You don't care about me? Like, it just feels like such a real human reaction to be in denial about the fact that someone is leaving and then make it about yourself. Um, I don't know. It was just interesting. Like, I think there can be this compunction to make characters either totally miscommunicate or only communicate in a way that's perfect. And I really like this kind of splitting the difference where the communication can be good and the feelings can be messy and they can be young and all of those things can combine to create this storm where neither of them knows how to deal with their feelings that's also pretty in character (laughs) neither of them are what i would consider like the most well-adjusted people (laughs) um no (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) so it just worked i don't know i really like when we get that sense of like emotional complications that they're then able to actually deal with and look at from a distance in adulthood when they both have distance and space and it seems like more of a handle on those kinds of knee-jerk feelings than they did when they were younger by nature of growing up.
2: Also, like, I will say, Ronan does still not have a great handle on his (laughs) knee-jerk
0: feelings because he's Ronan.
2: It Um, was a low bar that he started with. (laughs) Um, he does seem to be slightly better, but he still does have like a big reaction to seeing Adam for the first time. Also, like you don't really expect to like walk into your brother's house and see your ex-boyfriend there um with your niece. Like that's (laughs) weird. (laughs) Um, but I guess that's what Ronan walked into. Um, and then a very funny part to me is like later when Declan comes home and he doesn't seem to really like notice at first that like they're both there and he's like, thank you both. And he's like, wait, both? (laughs) Like what?
1: Yeah, because part of the reason that Adam was babysitting is because, like, Declan had reached out to a bunch of people and, like, Adam was almost like a last resort. So Ronan's like, I didn't see the calls. Like, I'm here now. Like, it's not, it's not like um in a normal circumstance, like, Adam would be in the house.
0: No. Also obsessed with the fact that Adam was like, yes, I'll, I'll do this. Sure. And then later Ronan is like, why are you here on your birthday? And Adam's mm-hmm. like, oh, I had nothing better to do. <laughs>
2: that was such like a the, great the moment. The people
0: pleasing really came out.
2: Yeah, also, like, because we as just readers who are listening to, like, Adam's side of the narration do not know it's his birthday until Ronan is like, why the fuck yeah. are you here on your birthday? Also, Ronan remembering that it's his birthday is just like, yeah. ugh, stab me. Like, so, so good. Um, yeah, I, there is a lot about that aspect that was just, like, rattling, 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 <laughs> like, throwing my gourds out the window, <laughs> you know? Um, I think my favorite moment in terms of the actual, like, kind of shippiness was ronan getting someone to bring him uh, a giant cupcake for adam's birthday um uh, uh, and it looks like a drug deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) and adam's like okay i know that you weren't just buying drugs like parentheses right um (laughs) and then adam ronin's like yeah no like here's a fucking cupcake you loser um which is just like perfectly in character i don't know it was so good i really really liked that part and like i think when i think about ronin and like how he shows like affection like i feel like his love language is definitely like gift giving to a certain extent um and it makes me feel sick Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, that drop, like in the middle of a scene where they're like playing with Eva, the kid, where suddenly Rodin is like, why the fuck are you babysitting a stranger's kid on your birthday was so brutal and good. This is what I was saying when I think this fic makes such like smart and incisive choices. Like this was absolutely like one of my favorite things it did. Um. Wow. Also, while we're talking about like the pinch of it all, I mean, this whole fic is the pinch of it all, but... Something I really loved is um, they're in the kitchen and this is like sort of towards the middle end of the fic. They're bickering, but it's not like they're not intensely fighting. They're just kind of bickering. Um, Ronan very briefly misinterprets and thinks that Adam like has kids of his own. And Adam's like, no. And it becomes this joke where Adam's like, what you think? Like, oh, like I have all these kids with all these different partners. Like and Ronan's like, yes. And you're jetting around on your private island and you have a chef in all of these houses. And like it just goes from like bickering antagonistic to like bickering friendly and flirty and it was such like a subtle transition into it and also again felt so in character and so right like I think it gave you a little bit of a glimpse of like the sort of feelings from I don't know when they were kids like coming back up of like yeah these are the reasons that I liked this person like these are the reasons that I got along um it was just so good I liked it so much and I think it lent itself really well to how the fic becomes a sort of I don't know that open ending is exactly right. Like open between Ronan and Adam. Like when the fic ends, they're not like, we're going to do this again. We're going to like be together. Like, I love you. There's none of that. But there is a sort of like, hey, maybe we can open the door to like trying something to like seeing if we still want to do this. And I feel like that slow building of like going through from like Ronan's reactive anger to like the more friendly and like flirty and like inside jokey nature like really lent itself well to that.
0: One of my favorite things about this fic is the way that it handles exposition. So we've talked about this a little bit, the drop of it being Adam's birthday, the reveal that Ronan is skulking around, ordering people to go get a giant cupcake for Adam, um, some of the stuff that we get about their history together. We don't find out their exes uh, for a little bit into the story, I am not always a fan of a flashback. Uh, this is a thing that you may know about me, or maybe you're just learning it for the first time. I, If a flashback is skippable, I get annoyed, and a lot of flashbacks I think are skippable. A lot of flashbacks can be one sentence of a character remembering something, <laughs> and we don't have to go back. I think in fanfiction you do get like a little bit more space as a writer. And a lot of writers do take that space and kind of write out the flashback or write out the dream or write out like the the history between people because it's fun and because your readers are already invested in this relationship and a little bit more often is like exciting. But I think a well-written flashback that the story needs is so good and so effective, and I felt like we got that here. This author did such a good job, like, picking their battles, in a sense. What did we get to actually see from the past? What did we find out through dialogue? What did we find out through narration? All of it comes filtered through Adam's POV in a way that felt very accurate to his own kind of, like, thinking style. Of course, he's not like spending a whole lot of time thinking about particular details that he just wouldn't be thinking about in the moment. I just liked that a lot. I don't know. I thought it was extremely... Not only was it clever, I thought that it was like a lot of really intelligent choices that this author made and I appreciated it. This fit could have been way longer and I don't think it needed to be and I think it ended up... Uh, for the story that they wanted to tell with the framing of the babysitting being kind of the start of the story and the end of it when they no longer needed Adam to babysit anymore. I thought it worked super, super well.
1: In terms of tropes, um, obviously we've talked a bunch about sort of the ex's second chance romance of it all. Um and I do want to talk a little bit also about the kidfic aspect, not just in um babysitting as a narrative device to make these two reunite. But Nick, I think you said in our pre-discussion that the ways in which they sort of interact with and deal with Eva, the kid, Share a lot about like their personalities and who they are. and for me, one of the scenes that was really representative of that is Eva's like running around um every time she does Adam is like, ah, should she be doing that and Ronan is like unconcerned like tossing her up in the air like a football, yeah. which feels right <laughs> um <laughs> mm-hmm. but she's she's running around and she trips and falls um and she's upset about it in the way that when young kids trip and fall they are um and Adam sort of crouches on the ground in front of her and he's like, you know, like, I'm sure it hurts and it's scary, but, like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's not always going to hurt. Like, it's going to be fine, which I don't deal with young children much, but I was like, I that feels like a super reasonable response. And then Ronan was like, let the kid cry if she fucking wants to. Like, she actually has emotions. Um, like, Ronan's reaction, I think, was speaking a little bit to what Bren was saying about, um, does he have a great handle on his, like, sort of reactive anger? No. Um, but it's also, it's one of those things where it's like, He's talking about the kid, but he's not talking about the kid, obviously. Like it was a really pointed jab at Adam. And I think there is a couple instances sort of of not like using the kid to talk about or through each other, but just sort of like clearly that a lot of the emotions that they hold about each other are also coming up in the ways in which they are interacting with Eva and like talking to and with her um, in a way that I thought was really effective. I don't know. Like we said, I think kid fic can be done poorly but this child was written in a way that was very fun and i think the way that they interacted with her worked well for the story yeah i think that's gonna do it for our discussion of this fic very much as we were saying like leaning into the tropes in a way that fit this theme good job once again all three of us for doing it i'm so proud <laughs> pew, 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 pew. um success horns <laughs> um yeah.
0: well i think those were just hype horns that's yeah
1: fine. hype horns but also like we're all standing on a podium on first place together, and that's really fun and exciting for us. We don't get to do that very frequently with our themed episodes. Yeah, also, I mean, uh, if you could not tell from this discussion, a fic that all three of us enjoyed quite a lot, Um, very much looking forward to reading the sequel and just getting more of this pinch and more of this author who I think really has some lovely writing. Uh, definitely would recommend this one.
0: Really quick, Ficklets, if you are imagining the three of us standing next to each other on a podium, please do know that I'm the tallest. I feel like you might not know that and you might be imagining it incorrectly, so I'm just letting you know really quick. Ficklets,
1: if you're imagining the three of us standing on top of a podium, please imagine probably Brenna and I like elbowing Nick off because they're trying to do some like whack shenanigans and we are what not having
2: mean? it. mean. <gasps> That's me. Well, for Can telling everyone reach? that you're the tallest, I am annoyed. I mean, it's factually true. Like, I'm not trying to say that yeah. it's not. It's just like. What if they draw bad fan art where I'm short? Yeah, what if they, like, imagine me as, like, the tallest? That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, that would be weird. I'd enjoy it. Hey, Ficklets,
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ficklick. We hope you enjoyed it and you felt the romantic spirit of our beautiful episode flow through your veins for this Valentine's Day and many to come. If you enjoyed it, there are so many ways you can have more Ficklick in your life. One of those ways is by following us on Twitter, a site that is still up as of the time that we're recording this. (laughs) Um, We're just as surprised as you. Yeah, but you can find us there at FitClick. We have a link tree linked in that bio, where we've got all kinds of exciting links that you can go to. We have a Discord server that is very lively, very multi-fandom. We have lots of great discussions on fanfiction, among other things. And people post a lot of recs. So if you're ever looking for a place to share recommendations or receive them, that's a great spot. You can also email us if you would like to communicate long form at fitclickpod at gmail.com. We are reachable.
1: One of the links that you'll find through our link tree is also to our Redbubble where we have merch. Um, it's very cute and fun. There are lots of different things you can get. Maybe you, like, forgot to get your loved one a gift for Valentine's Day. Or maybe you, like, just started dating someone after Valentine's Day and you're like, I'd really like to give them a retroactive I hate gift. when that happens. It's right. It's so tough. Um, And I think the gift of ficklick merch is something that everyone can love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. You can also give us, the hosts, a gift by spreading the good word of this podcast. Um, It really does help us so much. Um, When you tell your friends about the pod, share the links, um, really just like word of mouth is the best way to help sort of grow and expand our audience um, who we adore very much. Sometimes in our episodes, we neg the ficlets and sometimes we tell you how much we love you and you'll never know what you're going to get. And that's always really exciting here on the pod. Or an additional gift you can give us if you're like, you know what? Telling people about a podcast I like is really hard. But you know it's not hard? Spending money online. That's something I know well. I do it too frequently. (laughs) Um, But you could do that by um, donating to our Ko-Fi that we have. All money that we get from it just goes back into the podcast, into hosting fees and equipment upgrades and things like that. So we would also very much appreciate that if you feel like tossing a couple dollars our way.
2: Nick, let's. you may know that nick likes to say that they're a jock um and i'm not i'm not saying that they're not i'm just saying that that's something that they like to say a lot here on the pod um, <laughs> i don't know if i like
0: that implication brenna
2: <laughs> <laughs> well that's okay um but we all we all we all interact with sports to some degree um and what we really like though is voting in brackets um and we think maybe you like voting in brackets too so we are going to do a version of march madness um this upcoming month of march uh in which you can vote for your top fic click pod episode um we will be announcing a bracket of 32 episodes on twitter um, and then hosting polls that vote down to the top best fit click episode. Um, please get hyped. Uh, we are just choosing the, the 32 starter episodes from ourselves. Um, perhaps if we do this in a future year, you can vote. This is, as usual, somewhat of a last minute decision <laughs> on our part. Um, so we are choosing what we think are the 32 best out of the 70 that now exist, Um, and then you can vote from those 32 what you think is the very best one. Um, We are super looking forward to this, so we hope that it's something fun for everyone as well. If you don't already follow us on Twitter, I would highly recommend doing so so that you can participate in clicking little buttons that result in polls going up or down. Yeah. Our next
1: episode will be coming out on March 10th. It is not themed. Uh, We are bringing three fix. Uh, and Nick, tell us what you're bringing.
0: I would love to. I am bringing a fic called And a Partridge in a Pear Tree. I paused before because there's an ellipsis at the beginning. Uh, by AO3 user Strange Hunger. This is a fic for the fandom Gideon the Ninth, which is the first book in the Locked Tomb series by Tamsin Muir, and our pairing is Gideon slash Harrowhark. Brenna, what are you
2: bringing? I'm bringing a fic called Psycho Pompeii by Eastling. The fandom is Ancient Pompeii Graffiti. Um, get hyped. I am hyped. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm bringing a fic called Chapter
1: 7.5 by Ion on the Sparrow, um, a familiar author of the pod, although not one that we have talked about in very long time. Um, and it is for the fandom The Murderbot Diaries. Uh, it There's no pairing. It's just Jen. It's from Murderbots POV. Um, and this is titled chapter 7.5 because it is more or less a missing scene between Chapter 7 and 8 of All Systems Red, which is the first novella in the series. I'm very excited to talk about it.
0: Hey, Ficklets. Could I get a triple shaken vanilla frappuccino with four shots of espresso and a twist of lime upside down? Thank you. Bye. Nick, you're going to die. You can't consume I'm caffeine. Fine. No, I'm not afraid. Four shots of, of, of espresso. You're going to be in the hospital. If
2: Oikawa fine, so am I. Well, okay, Ficklets, I'm off to show up at my former nemesis' house with a fruity bottle of wine. Bye, Ficklets.
1: When I went to the grocery store earlier today, I did buy myself cupcake mix on a whim. Um, so even though it is nowhere near my birthday, um, or the birthday of anyone around me, maybe I will just make myself a lovely cupcake to enjoy. Bye.